With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this fourth day of February, 2015. Uh, we're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, Berta Simmons with us today. And our guest speaker will be uh, uh, Mr. Bob Walsh, attorney-at-law. And uh, by golly, uh Today I'm going to ask you all for your prayers and thoughts uh, for Stretch, our technician, and his family. Uh, he's come down with some real, real bad uh, medical news. Uh, uh, luckily, he does have a good support group there at home. His family uh, has always stood by him and, and uh, been very supportive of him. Uh, so. We're thankful for that, but uh, uh, Stretch is always giving good of the veterans community. He's, he's always tried to give something back, and we appreciate him, and we certainly wish him and his the best. Uh, how you doing today, Bob? Well, I'm outside of being waist deep in snow and freezing. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then you had to go and make my day. We'll we'll give a shout out to Stretch and his family, and he has our prayers. And and uh, uh, but the cautionary tale here, as we were talking just before the show began, this is a this is a regular thing. Uh, there's a lot of young vets out there who who are uh, fighting to get Social Security disability, and when you folks win. And this is for the families, the friends, the parents. Uh, when when some when a younger person wins their Social Security disability, they have to sign up for the health care. Now, uh, it's a little bit of money off your payment every month, and some people don't want to do it. But there's a reason it's important, and here it is, right here, uh, that. You need to be able to go if the VA, if you don't like the story the VA doctors are telling you or if they're delaying seeing you, then you can go to your private physician with your Social Security health care and you can get a second opinion. And it's and it can save your life. It's real important. It sure is. It so, sure is. So it's worth, it's worth it. And uh, it also, of course, it covers you, you know, Two ways, uh, belts and suspenders. But I, I just like to see it that way. And and uh, a lot of people want to, you know, save that couple hundred bucks. But I think it's worth it. The other problem is if you don't get into it, 
uh, right then when you get the award, you can't the the buy-in to get into it later is just horribly expensive. You just can't catch the bus once it leaves the station. So. And um, something else I did, Bob, was uh, I went ahead also and took out that gap insurance. Uh, you're right; it it is it seems expensive, but a trip or two to the hospital, like. Uh, I, I live in a situation where getting to a medical ho- uh, VA medical hospital uh, is is not very uh, convenient. Uh, right. So I can I can just go right here locally in town and and get uh, a really good treatment. Uh, I I would recommend uh, folks. Even if you live close to a VA hospital, at least you want that option. Yep. My land, it, it, uh, a couple of trips to the hospital and, 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 uh, well, it's, it's a, it's a, a life sustaining decision. Yep, and, and that's right. Yep. People should at least. I would really, uh, it's worth the money. Just and that, that brings us, that kind of circles us around to our first topic for today. Uh, so we're going to talk about our old 8th Air Force veteran, Gene, our B-24 man. So, so Gene's daughter called me with her hair on fire about two years ago. And she said, you know, Dad had to go into the... Uh, hospital the ambulance took him to the emergency room and and uh, he was 91 years old at the time and and uh uh we had checked with the VA and everything but of course they lie and say that we didn't so then they they refused to pay the bill and it's about 5 or 6000 dollars so should they're they're billing the hospitals billing my dad and i said well First of all, I said you got to turn in a notice of disagreement with the people at the local VA medical center, medical care cost recovery. Now they're real slick about first of all not sending you out the letter and giving you a chance to to appeal it. The next thing they're real slick at is not putting your appeal rights on the letter, but uh, in this case, they got a letter from them, even though they didn't have their appeal rights. And I had the daughter; she prepared the notice of disagreement. Now, a lot of people think, "Well, my power of attorney is getting this," but we have to go back to the structure, to the organization of the VA. The VA really is split into ma- three main parts. You got the secretary, and you he's got He has three main responsibilities. Uh, The one that actually works pretty good is the burying detail. You know, they're pretty good at passing out flags and and giving you a piece of rock, okay, Uh, and a plot of ground. They're pretty good at the, you know, the folks out there uh, really do a tough job and and do a, a beautiful job at the national cemeteries. No question about it. 
Now let's move over to the areas that we're all familiar with and we deal with mostly on the show here, the Veterans Health Administration and the Veterans Benefits Administration. Now there is actually a time that the two of them talk to each other, and that's when they're trying to cheat you out of benefits and the Veterans Health Administration is busy doing a compensation and pension exam for you. That They get together real good right then, as long as they can come up with something negative for you. But the appeals process for this medical billing is it mirrors it's it's exactly the same forms and it it it's, it it acts exactly like the the process for a claim over in veterans benefits except it's not it's going from through that local medical center medical care cost recovery unit they make their decision. They act just like a regional office. And then it goes up to the board. They send you a, a statement of the case, and you've got to file a VA-9, but, you're, but it's going back to them, and then it's going up to the BVA. Now, what's changed in the last couple of years since this mess all started back in March of 13 is this new project by Congress and the VA to get that that uh, uh, medical card out. And a lot of the guys are calling in now, the families are calling in saying, we got that medical card. What about it? Okay. Well, here's here's Gene. Gene's, Gene's 100%. Gene's 100% service connected. And he's over 75 years of age. He's The only thing that doesn't put him at the absolute in front of the line is he doesn't have a purple heart. But uh, we get this board decision back, and we, we file his VA-9, and and so they they said, well, okay, so is this man entitled to payment or reimbursement for unauthorized medical expenses incurred in connection with private medical services rendered at this hospital in Battle Creek, March 11, 2013? And the answer is that he's a he's a hundred percent. He's over seventy five years of age, and the, the board, on its own motion, has advanced it on the docket. Now, and what they say is that the veteran was transported by ambulance to the the Bronson Hospital. Well, he had called the local VA and they said well you're obviously real sick and we don't have an emergency room emergency department here you, you know go to the private hospital so he had checked in with them and what one thing the board the finding of facts the board made said resolving all doubt in the veterans favor a prudent layperson would have reasonably expected that delay in seeking immediate medical attention on March 11, 2013, would have been hazardous to life or health. Gosh, common sense from the BVA. Whoa, Nelly. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Nelly. <laughs> right. So, uh, the veteran who was 91 was wheelchair bound and unable to operate a motor vehicle at that time. A VA facility was not feasibly available on March 11, 2013 because of the emergent nature of the veteran's medical condition and his inability to operate a vehicle. And the fact that he was transported by ambulance uh, 
where ambulance personnel determined that his destination was a non-VA facility and an attempt to use a VA facility beforehand would not have been reasonable. Okay, you can't even talk about reasonable. This is a BVA decision, and we're talking about reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so the conclusion of law is, the conclusion of law uh, reached here is, resolving all doubt in the veteran's favor, the criteria for reimbursement or payment of unauthorized medical care expenses incurred in connection with private medical services rendered at the local hospital on March 11, 2013, have been met. Now, wow. this just came in yesterday. Now, the next question that we that we suffer, and now they go on for the next uh, uh, the next five pages to put a down home whooping on the VA, right there, you know. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> and uh, but but here's the thing. Now that we've got everybody's running around with these cards, right? And you know what's going to happen because there's not an electronic system for authorization. Everything's telephonic, right? And these, I think the workers at the hospital, the private hospitals, I think they're making the calls. I think the family's making the calls. Nobody's logging them in. Okay, so at the, you call the VA Medical Center for authorization and nobody's logging it in. The VA Medical Centers are trying to be pretend health insurance companies. And there are some folks out there in this particular VA Medical Center in Battle Creek, there are some people who have decided that they are on a personal campaign to save the taxpayers' money and keep these evil veterans from getting these medical bills paid. And I mean they have been, you know, turning them down left, right, and center. And I know in this particular case, because the daughter told me, they did call, and they did talk to them, and it wasn't logged in. But now with these with these with these new cards, you know, everybody's thinking that that oh, you know, these cards will really work, and I can really do this. My my warning to all the listeners and tell all your friends is that you've got to get pre-authorized to use that card. And and whether and if it's an emergency, you know, just like with your regular private sector health insurance, you know, as soon as you're able, somebody, you know, the next business day or something, you know, some family member or the veteran have got to get with these people on the phone and and I would say send something in in writing, you know, fax something in to them, a note. Even if it's a handwritten note, get the social worker at the hospital or the, the billing people at the hospital to fax them a note saying, hey, you know, the veteran's here, and here's why he's here. So that there's something. We didn't have anything in writing here in this case to, to work with to help us. But the But the important thing is a lot of families, the mistake has been made is they think my client's have gotten caught in this before. We had a good outcome here, but we've had some bad outcomes. And the problem is that my clients think that I got this this decision, this adverse fee decision from the VA and I'm a medical center and I most assuredly did not because my power of attorney is 
with the Veterans Benefits Administration. You guys see the dis- disconnect here? So, yeah. in other words, if it was a VBA rating decision, yeah, I would get it. If it was an, a statement of the case coming from the, you know, I would get it. So what I had to do is I had to turn in a letter. I had to turn in a sort of like a 22A uh, when I used to do employee litigation with the VA. You know, we had to we had to turn in a, a notice of, of representation of that employee. And I had to turn in essentially the same thing in this case and said, hey, send me this mail. I want to hear this stuff. I want to be in the loop. But... We we succeeded in this one. Unfortunately, you know, in the past, it, people have brought me these things after the times it all lapsed out, after it was too late to appeal it. And it's pretty frustrating to me. But there's some people out there that are just, just cruising and looking for a way to be snarky and to, to pull the rug out from under these families. And one of these bills was, uh, uh, one of these things was a real train wreck. It was like $100,000. So you you know it doesn't take long in the hospital to run up a big bill. So everybody needs to be on their guard about this one. But you can you can win these things. They are just exactly they're fought just exactly like you fight with a with a claim. You've got to turn in your claim which is when you call in and say, hey, I had to go to the private sector, it was it was an emergency, don't go to the private sector like if you're going for physical therapy. I've got guys now going for physical therapy in their town because it's too far away to the VA, going for psychological counseling in their town because it's too far away to a VA group. Get it in writing. you got to have it in writing. And you know, and then then they'll get set up, and the VA will pay the provider. But if it's an emergency, like I say, usually the the uh, admissions people at the hospital and the admissions social worker or the admissions clerk, they can you know they know the local VA. They can fax something over there to them even in the nighttime, so it's there. So there's something on the uh, you know some tracks in the snow because that's what you've got to have is some proof. That you can say, hey, I notified you. Here's here's the facts right here, and I, we called the next day, and you said you got it, and now here you are turning my bill down. What's the next step? They turn the bill down. Then this, the next step is you have to file a notice of disagreement. You can use the notice of disagreement form, but you're not sending it in to the VBMS website, faxing it in, or sending it to the regional office. It tells you right on that letter from the medical center, return it back here to the, you know, to the medical care cost recovery unit. Then they issue a VA-9. In this particular case, the typos and stuff were all free. And so then you get to VA-9 and you, you file that. But again, you don't file it with the with the regional office, you file it back with the medical care. It's like putting a message in a bottle, you know. Wow, what's going to happen? Well, the thing got up to the board, and that's where it gets normal. Then it gets normal because you get your notice of docketing from the board that we got your appeal. You get the 90-day letter, and then we got a we got a notice that that you know that Gene had been advanced on the docket because of age on their own motion. 
By the way, let me cover that. I, you know, in the past, I used to make those advance on the <laughs> on the on the docket motions for my old vets, and the motion would get like all motions you make to the board would just get all lost in space and all you know, forget about it, and you'd never hear anything. And I finally I quit making them. And the board has somebody triaging them by age, and they make them on their own. And I've actually had them make them on their own and advance it, and then a week later get get my motion back denied. <laughs> so I, I'm Irish, but and I'm a paratrooper, but I'm not totally stupid, so I quit making them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. The, the the chairman has put something in in place there, and I think because Congress, I think, got after him. And so, if you, I think you're over 75, they're supposed to fast track you. And of course, their definition of fast track is a little different than the rest of the world. But still, you know, fast for them. Okay. So that's all I'm going to say about. It. But I think this new this new health care card from the VA is a great thing. But we're all in a learning curve here on it. You know, the medical centers are, the families are, but let's go out there and play, but let's play safe and have fun. So, uh, you know, document everything. If you're going to use that thing, make sure there's a good paper trail. Uh, and if if they refuse to pay a bill, jump right back at them and get after them and get your appeals in because it looks like you can win them. So that's that little topic. Um, the other thing is uh, that I wanted to talk about a little bit, um, getting the claims file. We've talked about this before, and uh, I we, we just did an audit here at the office and went over every file and seen, and we've had a few claims files requests where we've tried two and three times, and we just getting ignored. And so what we did is we we pulled everyone out that we hadn't got yet, and we we faxed it back in to the to the VBMS web portal fax number. And all that's so wonderful because you know you don't have to do all those envelopes and all that postage. And I did 20 of them in about a half an hour. So get busy, you know. So that you know that the uh, we we talked about the fact that it looks like that. That VBMS, which was supposed to help the veterans, is being used as a as a robotic weapon against the veterans. Bear, I got a, a statement of the case the other day that was seventy three pages long. Ah, seventy three pages of unadulterated boilerplate, and just uh, it's like that Capital One bobblehead no doll, you know, no, 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 no. You know, I had my my uh, my Marine from uh, I think it was that was the one I think for the my Marine down in Florida with the Bronze Star with a V, Combat V, and he got 19 issues, and they turned every one down. Oh. This guy has uh, he in, he's the guy that in the web of his hand between his thumb and his index finger, you know, in that in that flap of skin in there. It's all cut up, and he has he has scars, and he has nerve damage and muscle damage in there. Now, the reason that he he has that damage 
is because I think during Operation Swift or Operation Union, he was holding on to the bayonets of the NVA soldiers up near Quang Tree in the dark while he was stabbing them to death with his K-bomb. On those CSI crime shows, they call those defensive wounds. Right. Now, he was out in the field for 11 and a half months. He had... Uh, after about two months, they, three months, they brought him back to give him his bronze star. So they brought him back for about three days to Da Nang. And they said, okay, we're done, and sent him back to the field. And then he didn't come out of the field until he came down hard with malaria about a week before he was supposed to go home. So he spent he spent about a week in the hospital, and then, he, then his year was up, and he went he went back to San Diego. So... The VA in St. Pete says, well, you don't have any medical records. Well, the, you know, the corpsman got killed. And, you know, there's all these lame excuses that these combat veterans come up with, you know. I never went to the hospital because I stayed out in the field. I healed up in the field. I got wounded in the field. I healed up in the field. I mean, a wound didn't put him in the hospital. His, like, third bout with malaria is what put him in the in the hospital. And, you know, he just fell out and passed out. And they said, well, I guess we can't get any more work out of this guy. You know, take him back. We need a new radio operator now. So uh, that, so they got this, 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 this uh, bot machine. I call it a denial bot. And they've just cranked it up to clear their docket. So they can they can put their hand up and tell tell the the great white father in Washington, oh we cleared our docket we cleared our docket yeah how'd you do it? Well we denied everything but you know what that nice automated system really works good too because man you know I, I can do 19 issues on a on a, a VA nine in about 20 minutes cutting and pasting is just great. <laughs> so, right back at you. So now, what do we have going on here? We were talking about the delay and the process. What's going to go on now? All these cases are are stovepiping up to the board. So how does the next couple of years look for you, Board of Veterans Appeal? And this is a topic that's been discussed with the Undersecretary for Benefits. I know it has, because I know people who are in the room. And I'm saying, you know, for all of you and for the listeners, that uh, if, if you think that things are slow and bad now, you haven't seen anything yet. Because well, the it, regional offices are, are the regional offices are not doing their job. They're not processing this stuff. They're just dumping it all off onto the onto the board. Don't you think this is where their little remand game comes into play? Well, right, but it, it and that's that you know that's the hamster wheel of misfortune. You know, here we are. You know. Uh, it's, it's sort of like being in a Three Stooges movie where everybody's running around that revolving door, you know, yip, 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 yip. <laughs> you know, I, but at, at some point in time, you know, you want to, uh, you're on the sidelines watching this fiasco. At some point in time, you got to throw the, 
the red bean bag. You got to throw the challenge. And I and and uh, you know, as we know, our our friend uh, Asknod had 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 all the fun he could stand, and so he yeah. filed a petition for uh, uh, for a writ of mandamus. And uh, they've got 30 days to answer that. The secretary has to come back and explain why they're not going to do any of that business that he asked for. But, um, you know, I, I have guys call in here and say, well, you know, I, don't, I just don't know if I need an attorney, you know. And I called you six years ago, and we talked about that, and then I got whooped again, you know, and I just don't know. And I says, well, let me give you a little heads up here, Troop. You call back in here in six years, you're not going to find me. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, right now you got 100 percent of nothing. You're doing real fine. Right. You know, you've been working on this for 45 years, and you got nowhere zip zero nada. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to be around in six years. You know, just based based on what I see in the obituaries, I'm 66. Okay, just. You know, uh, just just based on on what I see in the obituaries around my town every day, uh, you know, Vietnam veterans are a vanishing breed. Uh, the tide is running against us. So uh, the the caution is, if you want to do this, do it. And if you don't, leave people alone. You know, but don't go down the corner, don't go down to the American Legion Hall and sit around and bitch about how bad the VA is. You know, obviously, there's something wrong with your case. You're missing some medical evidence. You're you're missing a medical report. You, you know something. But that comes to my next issue here, which is we've talked about this before. But I, you know, as I said, I had I faxed in the other day. Um, yesterday I faxed in I think about 20 requests. These VA form 3288s for the claims file. And we put an, I think I gave Gerald an example to put up on the website, an example of what that form should look like, the boilerplate. But basically what you got to do with that form 3288 is you've got to ask for your entire claims file to include your service records and that service personnel, service medical. In other words, everything's in there. I want the whole thing. Because if you just say, oh, give me the VA claims file, they'll give you the VA part of it. And they won't give you the service records sometimes. Now, you'd say, who would do that? That's foolish. Well, yeah. But it saves them copying some stuff. So, And a lot of times they have the old original service records, like the onion skin paper and stuff. They can't just shoot it through the copy machine. They have to maybe one by one it. You know, they have to be careful with it. And so it saves them a lot of time if you just say, oh, well, just give me. Now, a lot of these cases, have, uh, files have now been converted over to the new system. They're on, you know, they're on the, the system. They're on VBMS. So I had one of my clients, we're talking over the weekend, and, and I said, well, are you on VBMS? Are you on the computer? Said, well, I don't understand that. Well, I sent everybody, I spent $150 sending everybody a packet of information on how to get on my healthy vet and my e-benefits. And everybody who did it, 
have been happy campers and they have benefited from it. And everybody who hasn't keeps calling in and asking the same dumb questions. Okay. And people say, well, I don't know anything about it. I says, hire the 12-year-old kid next door. (laughs) He will come. I don't own a computer. It's time. Okay. Sorry. It's time. You have to get a computer. If you want to win your VA case and you want to pursue your VA case and you want to see it, see what's going on and move it along in this crowded, jammed-up system they have, I think you really have to get with the program, and I think you've got to get on this, this My Benefits. And if you don't want to have a computer in your house and, and hooked up to the Internet, you can go to the local public library. Right. You can go somewhere. There's somewhere you can go. Maybe at the Senior Center Recreation Facility. The VA has, at the VA library, at the medical centers, I think they have a computer that they'll let you use even. So there's computers around. Okay. But the first thing you got to do is you got to get signed up. And I don't know if the VA medical centers, if anybody's helping anybody get signed up, you know, if anybody will sit down with you, the patient's rep, or anybody will, you know, help the vets do that. I well, they like... did me. Uh, yeah. They did me because uh, uh, I had a heck of a time with them passwords. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we had the guy, the guy out St. Pete with the, you know, with the hand wounds, we we actually went in and talked to a guy at the uh, at the regional office, and he spent some time with it. Oh, I see what's wrong with it, and uh, this and that. About half an hour, and and he told me the other day he said it didn't work. He said I still can't get in because, but he's he's a marine. Okay, so, <laughs> so <laughs> danger, Will Robinson. You know, so I'm not sure what happened there again, but. That has been three years of frustration because he he has tried, and his his he's got twin girls and they're geniuses and they they've tried to help him and so I'm I'm pretty sure it's on the VA side of the ledger. But then there's always that question hanging out there, you know, Marine. So I don't know, but I, I know I couldn't I can't make mine work. So I'm you know, I'm in the same boat. Um, but it, but those pass, anyway. both passwords on e-benefits. Yeah. There's a note in there that says that you cannot use any word in the English dictionary for your password. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Not, yeah, it's got to be an alphanumeric and symbol combination, and they, it can't be so only so long, and you got to use one of each, and they give you some rules, but. Um, you know, we have tried diligently. Now, one of the problems with that is this Deers account, D E E R S. Now, when I was when I went to Vietnam in in the fall of '71, uh, they had just jumps. They had the jumps pay system, and what what they did is they jumped right out into the pit, and I didn't get paid for the first four or five months I was in Vietnam, which made my bride really happy. She was she was just tickled pink. Well, they they replaced that because it it wasn't bad enough. Jumps wasn't bad enough, so they replaced that in uh, 
Reagan years in the early 80, 82 or something like that with deers. Now, I happen to have been in the reserves at that time. So I have a deer's account because I was still in the garden reserve. But anybody who just got out, you know, back in the 60s or 70s and ne- and never had any more military service, you don't have a deer's account. And that deer's account is the parent of the system that ties that ties it all. It's the glue that ties the VA to to the Department of Defense. And so what they have to do is send an email to get this Deers account assigned. Now, one would think that you might have just said, hey, here's all the veterans that are in our system. Have the contractor establish a Deers account for all of them, right? Because we're getting ready to do this automation. So you guys just, just... Create this Deers account for every living veteran that's over here, you know, in the system and all the widows. Oh, okay, we could do that. No, that would be too easy. So what we do is play like the go fish card game as a kid, right? Well, no, you got to go and, and uh, you got a Deers account? No. So you got to somehow the veteran who doesn't know any of this stuff has got to figure this out, and the VA knows it, but they're not talking. So then you get this Deers account because that what happens when you when you get your first level password and you get Veterans Health Administration all fired up and you get it working, you know that My Healthy Vet starts working. But you can't get the My E benefits working without the Deers account. But they don't automatically do it. And the people at the medical centers who are helping you get the My Healthy Vet working, they don't just go and send the email and get it. You got to ask, but you don't know to ask. So then you go to log in on My E benefits, and it rejects you, and you get this 404 message, and nobody knows what that means. What does that mean? Well, now we know what it means. It means you don't have a Deers account. Okay. Well, how do we get a Deers? And then they tell you there's some number to call, toll-free number or something to call, and you call that, and then they they give you the Deers account. And then in a week or two, you can come back and you try it, and then next time it'll work. But they just can't do it the easy way. they got to do it the VA way every time. So that's been frustrating. But, But the system is is moving along a lot of the claims files are up on the VA system now and all the modern health records are now on the my healthy vet system and there's that big blue button that you can do to you know pull those records and it'll email them to you download them to you so it saves doing all these releases and chasing. You find a record you need, like an MRI or a lab or something, and you need it, you want to give it to your private doc, you can just, boom, you can pull it. And these young veterans coming back, they have an app on their phone. They do this from their telephone. It's pretty slick. So they're sitting there, bing, 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 like they do, you know, and all of a sudden they got all the information that you want, and they got it off of their telephone it's sickening but they know how to do it and all this stuff all right now 
I had get you so you get the claims file. What we do here is we scan the claims file. We create a word searchable uh, computer disk on Adobe. And for the older veterans, we also give them the paper file. And I sent that off to one of my veterans, and he called Saturday just madder than a wet hand. He said, you know, that therapist said this, and that therapist did that, and that therapist flat out lied in there, that psychologist. And I said, really? And then his wife got on the phone. She said, that therapist flat out lied. She said, she said in there that he'd been sober for two weeks. Not in this life. You know, in what century? Not in this one. Okay. So uh, she said, there's just there's all kinds of garbage in there. And, of course, this guy keeps losing his claim. He's a, he's a combat vet from Vietnam, and he keeps losing on his PTSD. And the reason he loses is because this gal's writing in there, Oh, the sun is shining and the sky is blue and it's 80 degrees and it's just a great day to play golf. And you look out the window and there's snow drifts three feet high and it's two below zero. The facts don't have anything to do with what she's charting in there. Now, that's unethical. It's immoral. It's illegal. So... I counseled this guy. I said, well, first of all, you can go and get yourself another therapist. So you can tell the patient's representative that, you know, you've had it. You're worn out. You've had all the fun you can stand. You need somebody that's that, you know, isn't going to isn't going to lie for you, but they're not going to lie against you. All all we can ever ask for is just to have the truth. You know, and fairness in that file, accuracy in that file, to the best anybody can do. Now, a lot of vets go in and won't tell the therapist what's bugging them and won't talk, and, you know, so obviously there's not going to be much in there because they won't open up and talk. But for people who do, and then this guy apparently has been making an effort and working pretty hard at it, and it's jacked up. And then he says, well, in, in the combat group, you know, at the at the, at the PTSD group, everybody's saying that they're having trouble with this gal. I said, well, then fine. You need to get her gone. So how do you do that? Well, one of the things is that now that they've seen these records, you can file a written request to the medical center to have those entries in the chart corrected or removed. That's your right as a patient. You can file a written complaint with the with the clinical, with the chief of staff, with the medical chief of staff or the director of the medical center complaining about this person. You can ask for a new therapist. You can go to the patient's rep or those clinical people and say, I don't get along with this person. I need to have a new one. Or we talked about that new card. You got that new health care card. I need to go out in the private sector. I don't need to drive 80 miles down here to have this woman put lies in my chart. Let me go to the private sector on fee basis. Set it up. If there are bad compensation and pension reports in the file, the same thing applies. You can go back and you can challenge those. 
You can challenge them on a factual basis. And you can also challenge them on a bias basis. Now, what's the nuclear option here? What's the, you know, what's the bottom line? The, the, the bottom line, there's, there's, there's two bottom lines, really. One of them is, like we were talking about earlier, about delay in care and misdiagnosis. Of course, there's the, the Federal Tort Claim Act, if you've really been hurt enough. For instance, God forbid, but I know it's happened, that you've had bad VA uh, psychiatric, psychological care or denied access to it, and you end up with a suicide. And we have had that here in this office then arguably for the family there may be a federal tort claim action there there may be a lawsuit there but the other thing more precisely remember these federal employees you can't sue them directly you can't you can't sue that doctor but what you can do if you're really upset and you're really concerned that that person is not only taking care of you but the but the other veterans and their families is you can go to your state medical health care licensing board. They'll have a form, and you can file a complaint. It's through this office. It's been done a couple of times on some really egregious people that were doing horrible C&P reports for everybody, and, and a couple of my clients finally cowboyed up and, and sent in the, the reports, and the person retired. We got rid of them. Okay. So... That's all I'm going to say about that. So there we are, folks. We've had a um, a couple of discussions that kind of tied together some things that are going on here out in the, the system. Um, by the way, uh, Phil Cushman of the, you know, the Cushman decision on due process, uh, Phil sent an email to an attorney down in Florida, and, and he sent it to me, and I I forwarded to a friend who, who gave it to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. And uh, what it was about was Ask Nod's topic. It was about the research that they found in the Cushman due process uh, appeal, the discovery that they got from the VA over during those years, that um, there's a there's this uh, scientist at, at MIT who back in, I think, 1976 wrote a paper, a scientific paper, and he said the VA is not following the law. The VA is rationing health care, and they're rationing benefits. They have their thumb on the scale. It's about the money. Because there's no way that the outcomes that you're seeing and the way they're doing business match up with what Congress has put in the law and authorized them and and chartered them to do. Okay? So you say, well, you know, they're supposed so you you know, we're chartering you to run a car lot and you have to sell new and used cars, recondition the used cars, and you have to run a service department. And you go over there, and you go to buy a car, and there's there's only about three choices instead of ten. If you buy a used car, it won't run. And when you come back for service, 
there's always a sign on the door saying that uh, we're closed today, come back tomorrow. And I think that's a pretty good analogy for what the VA is uh, around here. So uh, I I just uh, think it was interesting that uh, the secretary did have somebody respond and he did look at it. So at least he's aware of the concerns of some of the veterans that that there's there's this unofficial, unwritten, unspoken rationing. And I think that's exactly what we ran into early in the show. You know, we were talking about veterans who go in and have a real health concern at the medical center, and they're told, and this is Phoenix, this is all over again, and they're told, we'll come back in six months. We'll give you a referral to the oncologist. We'll give a re- referral to the cardiologist. Uh, the endocrinologist, but come back in six months. And if if a diabetic's got charcoal foot and they, and and their it, their foot's ulcerating, you know, six months later, all they're going to do is get their foot chopped off. Yeah, that's right. So, so uh, kind of the uh, kind of the bottom line here, uh, Bob, is if you can see uh, wrong. You go in, you say, look, they just didn't treat me right. This is not right. Forget uh, about Earl, that can I person. ask Bob a question? Yeah, go ahead, Berta. Uh, I think it's on the same lines of a few things that you discussed uh, today, Bob, which was all fabulous information. Um, I'm looking at a decision uh, from the board. Uh, you helped the veteran get seven years retro under 1151, uh, this was a decision in uh, March of 2005, I believe. Uh, the veteran had succeeded in a uh, settlement under FTTA for over $164,000. Um, and it, you do so much, it probably doesn't ring a bell. It, the issue was gallbladder surgery uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1989. Yes, yes. right. Yes, I okay. remember the case, yes. Uh, Bob, I've been uh, trying to urge, and I will more aggressively urge, one of our members to contact you. He has a very similar case as this, very similar. Uh, I've been going over well, the case. Let, let me tell you what the let, let me tell you the the absurdity of that case. Let me t- tell you how that ended. Um, okay. They came to me because they had they had. Um, They'd won their FTCA case, but they they never they never filed an 1151 case, right? And um, and so then uh, they were having um, um, the, the, he had all these medical copays, and and they were oh. he had his horrible expensive medicine. They were charging oh like eight hundred dollars a month, and all the and these guys had a little bit of Social Security. This guy had. Uh, he was an older vet, a Korean War era vet, and and during the Depression, his father had died, and and, and during the war years, he had been the breadwinner for his family. So in the eighth grade, he had to leave school, and he had four or five younger siblings, and he had to go out and help his mother. He had to go to work, and so he never finished high school, and he you know he didn't make a lot of money in his life, and so then they went over and they. You know they're going to do this gallbladder surgery. They perforated his bowel, and then they sewed oh. him up and left him to die. 
and a young hot shot surgeon came in. His wife was sitting there um, uh, doing the rosary. And he said, well, can, uh, uh, you know, can, can I come in and help? I think I can help your husband. She says, I've been sitting here for days praying for somebody to come and help. Hand of Providence. So he opens him up. He takes out two-thirds of his bowel. He gets the infection under control. And the man lives. Hand of God. They, they file a lawsuit. Now, he's so sick, and he was in the hospital so long, he was in the hospital for seven months, that they didn't file, they didn't file their federal tort claim action until uh, about 18 months after oh. he, he left the hospital. The rule about this, 1151, this, this uh, effective date rule, is the same, it mirrors. It says it's just like the, the effective date for a VA claim. If you file your VA claim when you come out of the service or within a year, right, it's yeah. the date you came out of the service. If you wait until after, it's the date after a year, then it's the date you file it on, except for certain special diseases and stuff. Right. But this is the general rule. So the general rule for Federal Tort Claim Act is it's, you know, it's the date that you file the 1151 claim, unless it's within a, a year of the injury, then it's the date of the injury. Well, this was 18 months. So I, and, and, they, and they finally said, okay, yeah, uh, there is an 1151 claim. There was, a, there was a, a message from the director of Comp and Pen to the regional office in Detroit saying yep. that, that uh, a claim having been filed, uh, a benefits claim having been filed, proceed to develop it. Well, they didn't like this guy, so they just threw it away. And ah. I come in 10 years later. And so we get into this fight, and I said, no, you're n they gave him 100% from the date he filed the claim 10 years later, right? They give him 100%. And I right. sent off, this goes to the claims file, the 3288. First thing I did, I want that claims file. I get the claims file, and I find this message in there. And the message was in June. It was it was uh, six months uh, after the, the case had finished. And so I said, well, it was, no, it was two years. It was, there's a two-year gap is going to happen here. So... From the from the time that the 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 federal tort claim action was filed, then there was this this message at the end of the litigation when the federal case was settled, you know, in finality. That's when the director of Comp and Pen in June of '93 or something, he sent a message back to Detroit saying, "Pay the 1151 claim." Huh. But the the family never knew about this, and the huh. service officers hadn't told them to file an 1151 claim. The attorneys didn't know anything about it. That's back, huh. you know, before the court and everything. The 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 plaintiff's firm wasn't a wasn't a benefits firm. So what happens is that I come into it, I get the claims file, I get the message, and I said, "Hey, not today. You were told to do this ten years ago. Pay this guy." And they pay all the way back, but the board picks June 
this June date for this letter, this message from the, you know, from from the director of comp and pension to Detroit as an effective date. Huh? And I said, that's not 38 CFR 3.150C. It says either the date of the injury or if the claim is filed, you know, after a year, then it shall be the date of the claim. The date of the claim, I said, was the date of the SF-95, the federal tort claim. But the SF-95 form is not like a widow's form in in Social Security. It doesn't say that it does both jobs. And so the VA was able to weasel on it. But the board says, oh, it's the June. And I said, you show me, board, court, CAVC, show me in the regulations where it says that that, that, uh, the effective date will be the date some letter, some mope up in Washington sends to Detroit. (laughs) Where is that in the law? And we get up to the the federal circuit. And uh, there was a, we just got a second here, but there was a tax case up in front of me. They had published a regulation, and they do these uh, court of claims cases at the Federal Circuit. And these two corporations, they had changed a regulation, and they screwed it up, and they had to reissue it. And so eight months later, they caught their mistake, and they reissued this regulation. One corporation went and, and filed this claim one way and they got paid back they got their money back their tax money refunded the other corporation filed in the court of claims and did it a different way and they didn't get it back and so now the ones who didn't get their million dollars back were up there in front of the court they were the case ahead of me and the the judge is oh my god this poor corporation and she's all over the U.S. attorney, you know, from the, the attorney general's office. Civil litigation, same guys that do our cases, you know. Oh, my God, can't you just give this poor corporation their money? You cheated them out of their money. Oh, this is horrible. The sky is falling. They leave. I figured, ah, good day. Maybe I got some. I get up to, I get up to the mic and, and uh, you know, you know, if it pleased the court, and, and uh, the same judge says, so what's your problem, counsel? Boy. So, so they the, the the federal circuit, the the federal yeah the federal circuit says well yeah we're just rubber stamping what the CAVC did. Gosh, they never make mistakes. Yeah, obviously that letter must there you know that letter must be the must be the effective. I said there's no law for that. It seems a rather bizarre interpretation of 3.15. You know, my argument is that, that, that first of all, I don't know what the director of comp and pension considered to be a claim under 1151. I don't know. But he wrote a letter and said there was one. Yeah. And so yeah. I said the only thing that I can see in the record here is the SF-95. So he deemed the SF-95 to be an 1151 claim. I think that's very reasonable. And you owe this yeah. these people two more years of benefits. It was about 50 grand, and they got boy, cheated oh out of boy. it. But they boy. got the, I got them the other money. I mean, you're right. I did. Yeah. I did. I made a good yeah. recovery. They got about 150, but they got cheated yeah. out of 50, and they were poor as church mice. 
and they ruined his health and, and ruined their their retirement, and, and I think they should have paid it. But that's oh, just me. I, I, yes. um, I posted we the have case that I had a left. Okay, thanks, everybody. Oh. Good show. Uh, oh, thank okay. you, Bob. Bob. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you. Yep, bye. Bye. Is that it, guys? And we've got yeah, a few it. seconds left, Drew. Oh, I, I didn't even get close to the question I had for Bob. Uh, oh, well, boy. Well, he'll be on pretty regular. We'll, we'll have him he'll back be. on. Um, yeah, this is a... I was a, just a very, uh, wanting to emphasize on the point that uh, should anyone go, go to the VA or medical or whatever and they have a disagreement or they don't feel they've been treated justly, there's always yeah. someone above them. Go to the administrator uh, uh, or go down to the uh, administration office. Say, look, i got a complaint. Here's my issue. I need to talk to somebody. And they'll send yeah. you. If they want to send you to that, uh, what do they call them there? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.